0: Welcome to the Platform Journey from Tidemark, a growth equity firm purpose-built to help companies win and scale. I'm your host, Avanish Sahai. This series explores what it takes to build a successful software platform company and get the ecosystem flywheel going. We talk with seasoned innovators who have traveled this road before and can help navigate the way and share their lessons. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Platform Journey. Today, I'm uh, delighted to have another friend, another former colleague, but probably one of the best leaders in this business and building ecosystems for one of the most notable brands. Tyler Prince, welcome to the Platform Journey. Avinash, it's great to see you. So, Tyler, talk of, you know, you've been in such amazing companies. I want you to tell the story. So, just talk a bit about your own journey. You've been at Oracle, you've been at Salesforce, now you're at Snowflake. Just talk a bit about, you know, the, the personal journey that's led you to this point.
1: Yeah, happy to. You know, I started my career just out of college at Anderson Consulting before it became Accenture. Went on then from there to join PwC, which ultimately was acquired by IBM. So that first 16 years of my career was all about selling and deploying large scale enterprise technology solutions across a variety of industries in lots of different parts of the world. And uh, you know, I think gave me a pretty solid foundation on engaging with customers and uh, engaging with technology and really enjoyed my time there. I then started my first sort of chapter in what I'll consider the ecosystem world as well. So I joined PeopleSoft, which was quickly acquired by Oracle, and there I was responsible for our partner business at Oracle, largely across the application business, some of the tech businesses as well. And that was uh, about an eight-year run there, which uh, was an amazing time to be at Oracle and incredible innovation and lots of customers and great growth and so on. So I started to build established relationships with a variety of SIs and technology partners and others at that point. I then went back to PwC as a partner running their Oracle practice globally. And that gave me some insight into really what it takes to grow and build a services business globally around a fast-growing enterprise software company. But then I had an opportunity to join Salesforce, and that was just a little over 10 years ago. And so I joined Salesforce to run their partner business, which uh, at the time in Avanish, we we worked there together. So it was uh, you know fun time. But if you recall back then, the partner business at Salesforce, because of their rapid growth, really had different pockets of teams and resources and programs and so on. So you could find partner teams that in the marketing group in the technology group and different sales orgs and different parts of the world. And really it was a great opportunity to work with the, the leadership team there, yourself included, to really assemble what I consider a, you know, a world-class partner strategy, bring all the resources together. And then, uh, you know, and really enjoyed the incredible growth in that 10 year period. So was there almost exactly 10 years at Salesforce and then decided uh, I was ready for some change and looked around and uh, and have found myself starting a little over four months ago at Snowflake in largely the same role. So responsible for their partner business globally across all the different partner types. And I'm equally as excited now as I was 10 years ago when I when I joined Salesforce about the massive opportunity in front of us and the momentum we're enjoying. And it's been a good ride so far.
0: That's awesome. I mean, these are, frankly, in the tech sector, these some of the most well-recognized, almost dare say, household brands, right? PwC, PeopleSoft, Oracle, Salesforce, and now Snowflake. So kudos on an amazing journey. What a set of lessons and insights for us to you know take advantage of here. So maybe just breaking it up a little bit, Tyler, and those 10 years at Salesforce were magical. I think all of us have such a passion for Salesforce. Would you mind maybe just going a little bit deeper into kind of what that journey looked like. And then of course, we'll talk much more about Snowflake, but I just want to level set on the Salesforce journey. What do you saw when you got there? How did that evolve?
1: Yeah, happy to. I mentioned before, when I arrived, it was, you know, I came into a world that for all the right reasons had a very fragmented partner team and strategy and so on. So I had the opportunity to really bring that together. And and as I mentioned before, with a very strong leadership team of, of folks that you know and fondly recall, had an opportunity to really reshape what that is. But what made it even more exciting is because it was really in concert, like hand in glove with what the company was evolving at the time. There were a couple of things the company was trying to do and our partner ecosystem played a role in all of those. One is continuing to sell business value and business impact into large enterprises. So it was evolving from selling you know, basic products, features and functions and so on to really selling large scale transformation into the world's largest customers. That was a journey. That was a transformation the company uh, wanted to go on. That was number one. Number two, closely related to that, was really to begin to orient more by industry. I think it's well recognized that you know, the best way to engage with a customer is to speak their language and to really understand what are the unique circumstances and priorities and pain points and so on that someone faces in their particular industry. And so taking what was largely a, a horizontal you know, set of solutions and then applying those in the way we talk and engage and so on to an industry orientation was also part of the long range plan, which we kicked off. And then thirdly was to take advantage of an incredible opportunity outside of the United States. So at the time, if I recall correctly, Salesforce had about 80% of their revenue in North America and 20% outside. And so the idea was how do we go replicate the playbook that served the company well in the United States and apply that in other major markets around the world. And so if you think of those three things of selling to the business value to the enterprise, the industry orientation, and international growth, there is one thing in common that will help support a company like that to achieve those things, and it is a, a robust partner ecosystem because by definition are, you know there's system integrators all around the world, there's technology companies, innovators all around the world, there's resellers in every corner of the world and so on. Many of those, you know, partner groups that I just mentioned Orient by industry, bring industry solutions to market and so on. So they complement that as well. And then clearly, when you think about aligning with some of the you know, largest SIs in the world, some of the you know, largest GSIs in the world, that's cr- a critical success path to really selling transformation into the world's largest companies as well. So that's how it really all kind of all came together in what I consider a, a fairly cohesive, straightforward strategy. Easy to say, but it was transformational at the time, right? When you think about getting the entire company around those levers of, of enterprise, industry, international growth, and our partner ecosystem, and doing that all in a coordinated way. It was exciting times.
0: Again, amazing. And the fact that all three were in play and were executed on is even more amazing. I mean, most people would be happy with any, any one of those three. Very cool. So now you're at Snowflake. I think most people in the tech sector know Snowflake well. But I would love to hear your in your words, you know, describe Snowflake, describe the stage of the rocket ship. Of course, I know many people there who are former colleagues as well, but what an amazing story. Just maybe set, set some context for Snowflake as a company before we talk about the platform and the ecosystem.
1: Yeah, happy to. When I looked around to figure out what energized me and where what I think I could have a, you know, a big impact in the role that I play. And and certainly Snowflake was on a very, very short list of customers because of a couple of things. One, incredible momentum already, right? I'm enjoying something where the momentum has been established and some amazing people in place and, and really a, you know, a world-class company with market leading solutions. And in fact, when you consider in the world of data and our data cloud, arguably the the market leader in, in our space. And so some, you know, exciting momentum and a, a great foundation. And. It's only more exciting now when we see how the world is transforming. There is no debate that that AI and and generative AI is going to impact every business function in every company, in every industry, of every size, in all corners of the world. I don't think I'm overstating that, right? I think it's pretty significant. I think what's also interesting is that we're kind of in the early stages. There is a lot to figure out. And uh, as I process this over the last several months, trying to understand the true opportunity here, I thought about that and the fact that AI is transformational, there's no doubt about it. And there's a lot of unknowns, but here's one thing we do know in order to have a successful AI strategy, regardless of your function or or industry or company or where you are, you need to have a data strategy. And it is in that order that gave me confidence in being able to bring this amazing ecosystem together to support the continued rapid growth in such an important area of helping companies all around the world, you know, get access to an incredible amount of data in a very governed, secure, scalable way. And that will set the foundation for what the world of AI and generative AI will look like. So it's a, it's, you know, clearly for me, a, a sweet spot in an area that had, you know, has a tremendous amount going for
0: it. Yeah. I mean, you almost could not have timed it better, right? And the, everything is truly converging and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it is the heart of it is, is data. So what does that, I know you've been there just a few months, but what can you share about what do you see the strategy evolving? How do you see it evolving? What are some of the tenets of growth here, where the ecosystem and the and kind of the, the data platform from Snowflake kind of come together to take it to you know even higher growth?
1: It's not a coincidence that many of the same things that I think Snowflake has an opportunity to focus on are, are some of the things that I, I mentioned before, right? Clearly, an opportunity to continue to sell tremendous enterprise and business value in some of the world's largest companies. And so we've had great success in the Global 2000 and we'll continue to do so as we continue to look for additional ways to bring our our solutions to, to add value across every line of business in all these companies. Also, the industry transformation is uh, well underway at Snowflake as well, as we assemble these industry data clouds that really contemplate what are the different data sources, the different business value, the different uh, use cases that are made particularly unique to an industry. And and this idea of international growth is certainly, you know, resonates here as well. The the, the opportunity and what we're talking about is in every corner of the world, as I mentioned before. And so the company has had great success in, in a number of markets and certainly in the US. It's a massive market for. Us. We have an opportunity also to accelerate that outside of the US. And we have an opportunity to do it through our partners. And so my strategy really is come in and, and talk about, you know, what do I think at the foundation, what do we need to do to build and orient our partners to support our growth? And one is let's all orient and anchor on how do we help our customers be successful. So that's my engagement with my team is all about let's put the customer first with our partners. And so everything we everything we train our partners on or engage our partners or help them bring solutions to market, it's about how to make our customers successful. Number two is I want our discussion and our engagement, the way we show up to those partners is how do we help them grow. And the reason I say that is because if we, in in a consumption model, of which we are, consumption revenue model, if our customers are being successful <laughs> and our partners are growing, meaning they're bringing more more solutions to drive more consumption, to drive more workloads, or their services partners that are doing more projects to drive more value, that ultimately absolutely will lead to you know improved performance of our company. Focus on customer success, focus on our partner growth. And then what will follow is our company's uh, growth as well which I think is amazing. Now the trick is do how do we do that and achieve that across all the different partner types because the value they bring and the role they play could be very different. So we're trying to think about that across our our services partners. Of course we engage with the world's largest DSIs and thrilled with the investment momentum they're making in us. But we have have thousands of SIs that all bring unique skill sets and some that are exclusively focused on Snowflake and our partners. There's an amazing uh, set of technology partners across categories like BI and security and data engineering and so on that that really complement our solutions and, and help our customers get quicker time to value but also increased value in the, in their own deployments. The cloud providers of course working dramatically expanded our partnerships with uh, both AWS and Microsoft and we also support uh, GCP. And some of the new exciting areas are the opportunity for companies to build applications on our platform. Avanish, you were, you know, recognized as one of the original players in designing the Salesforce app exchange. And uh, I'm excited about the momentum that our company's enjoyed in recent years around our marketplace, but now the ability for third parties to innovate on our platform and bring applications to the data. If I think of all the different platform plays historically, it's been to build applications and then take those applications to the data. And what I'm talking about, what the company has really embarked upon is how do we change that paradigm and actually allow third parties innovate, you know, from startups to software companies, to enterprises that aren't even technology companies, bring build apps and bring those apps to their data and to the data of their customers. It's kind of a powerful shift when you think about it, but it should, uh, and is opening up a tremendous amount of opportunity for us and for our our customers and our partners.
0: I love that model because I think it does truly... Change—it's no longer just about the infrastructure or the workflows and so on. And as you said in the beginning, right? AI and data are going to be the heart of that. And if you can make that easier, you can make that more accessible, kind of more commonly defined. I think that I can see the—I can see how that plays out.
1: I'll give you an example if it's, if it's okay. Probably many people are familiar with Blue Yonder. You know one of the largest supply chain software companies it's been around for many, many years, tremendous amount of uh, subject matter experts expertise and, and embedded in virtually every manufacturing CPG company and retailer in the in the world, right? Quite a remarkable story. If you think about supply chain, it, supply chain the Valorant supply chain is the data between business partners in that supply chain. That is the holy grail of all time is how do you share that that data up and down the supply chain and blue Yonder is replatforming their their supply chain solutions. On Snowflake, so think of the power of that. They're bringing the apps closer to the data, which makes that data sharing through their application of all their customers and their supply chain players, bringing that you know more quickly together in a real time way. So I think we're on to some pretty amazing things with companies like that to innovate on our platform and build these robust apps that are all about sharing data is a pretty powerful concept.
0: Hey Tyler, you touched on something that I think is also very unique. So you talked about the consumption model, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us have lived in the app world where it's a per user or per other metric. Can you talk a bit about uh, what that means? How does that manifest itself in both customers and partners? And particularly, do partners need to rethink a bit of their own value proposition to align with that? You talk about customer success as your first or delivering value to the customer as a first kind of metric. Does that need to change?
1: I think it will naturally occur. I don't know that there's hardly, you know, incredible efforts we have to put in to sort of, you know, evolve our ecosystem, take advantage of that. But I'll come back to that in a second. The the consumption model to me is, is a pretty remarkable way to think about how do we drive success for our customers? We literally have, need customers to deploy our solutions and get value out of them. That's the idea behind it. It's not wait a couple of years and let's see, you know, if they have more seats or less seats than they licensed before, right? So it's all about, you know, a tremendous amount of urgency around moving data to our environments and, and getting value out of that. From an SI perspective, it's all about how do we get them up to speed and or how do we get them deploying projects as quickly as possible? And getting quick wins and starting to show the value of what Snowflake can bring to an enterprise from some of these apps players. Imagine the power then that, that a supply chain app that's really focused on data brings to all of their constituents as well, and really lights up that uh, you know that customer and drives consumption as well. So I think there's a a ton of inherent value in our in our model, and it really creates this urgency and focuses us completely on how do we help those customers be successful. It's fascinating to kind of see this model unfold. The second part of your question though, is about what do partners need to think about. If I think of the SI partners, it's about how do they get in very quickly and begin to demonstrate value. Four months in, so still learning the technology, but one of the things that I hear repeatedly from our partners when they talk about other alternatives is how easy it is, like it works. It doesn't mean the deployments are easy, right? It doesn't mean finding the different integration components. It doesn't mean making sure you are approaching a deployment you know, with security and governance completely in mind, particularly for regulated industries, but it means this stuff works. And so it's all about how do we get partners in our SI partners in and driving use cases and driving value for those customers as quickly as possible, and then go on to the next one. And then the next one, we got uh, you know, example of a, of a large GSI, one of the f- first deals I was exposed to, and they'd had some success moving some legacy data into Snowflake and getting some value out of what that meant the CFO heard about the success that some in his company were enjoying around, around Snowflake and the visibility it gave into in data. And that CFO then turned to this GSI and said, hey, you've, got, you've proposed this three-year profitability plan, meaning, meaning how do I have better insight into the company's profitability across all business units? Let's do it on Snowflake. What will that look like? And so these quick wins become a bit organic. And uh, and begin to permeate throughout the throughout the company, and so it's use case by use case in every function of the company. And if someone in that function uses data in any way to you know do their job or improve their job or do it more cost effectively, we believe we have a great solution we can provide to that.
0: So Tyler, let's step back a bit. Again, you've been at some iconic companies, and I think in your talk, Dirk, you've already described some of it. Let's say you're sitting on one of your numerous flights you're sitting next to someone who's thinking about starting the ecosystem for their respective company. Could be an early stage company, could be maybe a a later stage company trying to rethink that. What kind of advice would you give someone like that? What are some of the two or three lessons learned? You've been at PwC as a partner, you've been at infra companies, app companies. What are some things that you, you would recommend to someone to do or not to do for that matter?
1: here's a couple things one you know it's interesting. says i just went through this process around evaluating like where do i think i can have this biggest impact i think there's a couple things that that come to mind that someone should keep in mind one is you In order to be successful in these kinds of roles with an ecosystem, you have to have support from the very top. This has to be part of the agenda. The story I described before at Salesforce was very much a reason because our top leadership was committed to the success of this. And so that was a benefit. And I'm enjoying that here as well. In fact, my first conversation with a Snowflake employee was with our CEO. So it was was an opportunity for me to really confirm that this is a critical component of our of our path forward and so I I think that was pretty successful. The other thing I would I would coach somebody to do again more generally is also make sure you have the right talent. As you know, you've had some you've been in some iconic places as well in a similar role. It's a role that requires you to be sort of everything to everybody. You have to be able to cut across Sales, product, marketing, professional services. You have to you have to work across every part of the company and and represent this amazing ecosystem of the value they bring. So talent is kind of a key component to that. So those are two general things. Now, specifically, what I would coach somebody to do is a couple things. You and I have both seen partner businesses and partner teams that maybe sit squarely in sales and they simply are focused on demand gen pipeline. Aligning sellers, driving through a distribution channel, whatever those sort of growth orientations are, which is great. But if there's no one keeping an eye on, wait, do those partners have the right skills to be successful in market? Is there enough delivery capacity in a certain country to meet the demand that we see? Are the software solutions being developed on our platform rigorous and secure and meet our standards? You should design that at the beginning to make sure you balance across both of those. I could go on for a while about what we've seen, but let me give one other that I think I recognized once I got into Salesforce, the power of connecting the ecosystem. And I didn't realize it, but when I started to think about historically, maybe and in fact there's players out there today where the SI partner strategy sits in one place and the technology partners might sit in another, like an engineering group, and the ISVs might sit in a different one. If you don't bring all those together with a common strategy, you miss the opportunity to bring that ecosystem together. And I've been fortunate to inherit that here as well. So I'm operating one partner strategy Uh, across all different types of companies. Taking these blue yonder apps that I talk about that are being built on the Snowflake platform and inspiring our GSIs to embrace that, understand that, train themselves on that and take that to market. Think of the power of that additional channel that brings to that that conversation. Or take an SI that's focused on, let's call it banking and their ability not only to bring a Snowflake solution to banking, but some of our other complementary technology tools. That help them deploy a more robust solution rather than figuring that out on their own. What if we bring that together and talk about our amazing ecosystem of technology partners? Oh, here are some BI tools that work amazingly well. Or in this topic of security, here's a company that focuses on on governance and security in financial services, for example. So bringing that connected ecosystem together, I think is something something people don't always think about, but I think is very powerful. I enjoyed it over the last ten years, and I intend to enjoy it my time here. And the last thing to leave you with on, on this question because I've seen this, I've probably also contributed to this, if I had to look myself in the mirror, is don't overcomplicate things. Don't overcomplicate the way you measure and metrics you set for the ecosystem. Don't overcomplicate the program. I've seen companies that build out like a solution framework and they want people to come build solutions. If you overcomplicate that, you're going to stifle innovation. For an aspiring uh, ecosystem leader, I would definitely leave that with them as well. It's a complicated business. I mentioned it cuts across every function of the enterprise, and it's literally managing thousands of third-party companies that are building their own businesses. You run the risk of overcomplicating it, so simplification, I think, is key as well.
0: Yeah, no, again, terrific point. We've all been involved in companies where we find, you know, there's a it's a book, it's not a page of the program elements and the, all the complexities and so on. And, and frankly, people do get lost, and that's not the objective, right? And And by the way, that ecosystem metaphor, right? which is, hey, it's about these different silos, in fact, breaking down the silos and having them work together, that is music to my ears because that's one of the things I think some of us have been preaching for a while, which is, hey, yes, you have different classes of partners and alliances and so on, but the flywheel really kicks in when you start finding ways to make them work together.
1: It really does. And it also becomes an ecosystem of ecosystems, right? You could just take an industry, okay, here's, here's an ecosystem that's, that's Snowflake, that's our, our services and apps and data sets and and technology. And it slightly varies by, for the financial services or more specifically banking. And it really becomes powerful. And by the way, it doesn't have to be, just have to be partners. As I mentioned before, companies can come into that, like brands can come in and be part of that ecosystem as well. Uh, Serve, right, a, a provider of, of, uh, of solutions to, to the uh, financial services industry, they're innovating. They've built a data as a service solution on our platform. So bringing their solution to our data and to their customer, to their data and their customer's data, it's a powerful metaphor and a powerful kind of scalable thing. That becomes a data financial services data cloud that SIs participate in and other technology providers and so on.
0: And by the way, customers love that, right? Because it it reduces their complexity and the fact that they know that this set of ecosystem partners are gonna work together Reduces their own challenges on data integration, data quality, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it it's a it is truly a win win win, you know, across all all yeah, fronts. Agreed, Tyler. As expected, fantastic conversation. I wish we had more time. But any final thoughts as you're embarking on a new phase? Any words of wisdom? Any additional words of wisdom to share?
1: No it's, you know you appreciate the opportunity and it 's been great to reflect you know on the past, but also figure out how I can you know bottle that up and, and and sort of you know build what what I anticipate being hopefully what the industry will recognize as one of the most robust, impactful ecosystems that our industry has ever seen that 's my goal that 's what you know you and I set out to do many years ago, and I think we did a good job and, and by the way, one of the things I find most inspiring about my role is now also seeing all this amazing talent that opportunity to work with now creating their own ecosystems at other amazing technology companies so it's just it's, it's fascinating to follow linkedin and, and and see the success of all these people that we've worked over and i know you enjoy this as well we've talked about this off off camera just this uh, when, when you reflect on all these people that are are going to super cool companies and really leaning in with passion about how do i build an ecosystem have a big impact to these companies it's remarkable. And so I personally find that very, very satisfying as, as well to see our former friends and colleagues out driving success in a very, very similar way.
0: Yeah, it may not be the right metaphor, but it's kind of like seeing your kids be successful as well.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's a good way to think about it.
0: <laughs> All right, well, Tyler, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this conversation. It's always good to see you. Great to see you, Venisha. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this leg of the platform journey from Tidemark. For more insights, Subscribe to this podcast and visit us at TidemarkCap.com.